And I think the cool thing is, is when you're a teenager, it's it's a great time to uh, experiment, try different things out, see what you like, see what you don't like. Um, you know, you're not necessarily depending on this to live off of, right? You can typically go home at night to your family in your room. Um, and so it's a great time to explore and try different things out. And if you fail, well, hopefully you learned a lesson from it and that's okay. Confident Teens podcast where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Hudson. And I'm Rachel. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a topic dear to your own heart, Hudson, right? Mm -hmm. Side hustles. You've been doing side hustles since you were about 11, I think, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons we decided to homeschool him this year because he likes to work and make money and he's got lots of things going on. So we thought it'd be better to have a more flexible schedule. And so we are recording in the morning instead of normally we record late at night. So this topic is also one that is of great interest to our guest, Robert Farrington. Robert is a millennial money expert and founder of thecollegeinvestor.com, which he launched in 2009 while finishing his MBA at the UC San Diego Ratty School of Management after wanting to find other young adults who shared his passion for investing in personal finance. And through his work to help millennials get out of student loan debt and start building wealth for their future, Robert has emerged as one of the nation's leading student loan debt experts. But also like you, he had some side hustles going on when he was a teenager, and we asked him to come on today to talk with us about side hustles for high schoolers. Welcome, Robert. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so tell us tell us about your first side hustle. Oh man, so my first side hustle had to be caddying bridge for my parents. So my mom was an avid bridge player and you know, for those that don't know what that even is, it's a card game. <laughs> it's a four-person card game and uh you know, a lot of people get together to play this. And so I was a bridge caddy where I would take the cards from table to table and pick up their scorecards and help them keep score and uh, get things that they needed like pencils and stuff. And so as my parents would play bridge, uh, I would be there on Sunday afternoons doing this. And I think I was making about 40 or 50 bucks, uh, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. And granted this was, you know, 25 years ago. So wow. that, was a lot of, that was a lot of money back then, right? <laughs> So yeah. is it because they don't want to have to get up and walk around that they Exactly. <laughs> so it's very organized when you have a bridge like tournament and things going on and so everyone needs to play the same hands and so you don't want to mix the cards, you don't want to mix it all up and you want to make sure you're keeping score. So yeah, I would pass things around, check the scores, take the scores, enter them, things like that. So what do people do if they don't have a caddy? I mean, you got to do it yourself, but in, in big bridge tournaments or in big clubs, they always have a caddy for the most part. Okay. So what was your favorite side hustle that you had as a teenager? Uh, you know, honestly, it was, it, it probably was, and it still is flipping and selling things on eBay. So I started my eBay account in 2001. Um, I was a junior, maybe even a sophomore in high school at that point in time. 
and I started selling all my old video games and stuff that I just didn't even play anymore. So I had like an old Super Nintendo with a bunch of games and things like that. And I just wasn't using them, right? So I listed them all on eBay and started selling them. And then I went to my parents' attic and started selling all their stuff that was up there that they didn't touch. They had some like old record players and cartridges for them and, you know, all this stuff. And cleared out their attic of things. And then after that point in time, when I sold everything that I had access to, I started going to garage sales and estate sales and I would buy stuff to resell. And I mean, here we are, you know, 20 plus years later and I'm still doing that. Like I can't pass up a good deal uh, to, you know, buy it and resell it. Even walking by the clearance racks at Target or Walmart, you know, you see something that you know you can resell. I have to do it. Have you found that it's changed since like marketplace? Do you do more on marketplace now? No, no, I still do. I would say 99% on eBay. You know, Facebook Marketplace is great for some things, especially like big stuff. Right. Um, like we really recently remodeled our kitchen, right? So I sold all of our old appliances that way, right? But, uh, you know, for anything that you can ship, I think eBay is the way to go. And I've even heard that eBay is the way to go for big stuff as well, like really large, like using the freight services. You can sell cars on eBay. Yeah, that's yep. true. Exactly. Yeah, the Hudson likes to sell stuff. He does. They they do go through their rooms occasionally. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fantastic side hustle. And I mean, I think at my peak when I was in college doing it, I was going out uh, like every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because you know Thursday's the prime day for estate sales, right? And you know, I was making about two thousand plus dollars a month you know, just buying and reselling things and shipping it all out. And like, uh, you know, my room was just covered in stuff that was selling. Um, and it was a very lucrative side hustle. It helped me get out of student loan debt, helped me start investing, start saving for our first house. Like it really unlocked a lot of opportunity for us by side hustling. Why is that? Why is Thursday the best day for an estate sale? Because it's the first day. So estate sales start on Thursday and they go to Sunday. But by Saturday and Sunday, all the good stuff is picked over. You want to get there on Thursdays before all the good stuff is gone. So how do you decide, like, how do you know when you look at something that's worth something? You know, it takes practice. You know, I definitely bought things that didn't pan out. But I also focused on areas that I felt like I knew more about. So I would stick to electronics you know, gaming type things. Um, and then I even got into some collectibles. So like I have, I have a thing for like pottery, rare books, things like that. And, uh, you know, once you start knowing a little bit, you can quickly see the value in things. Do you go to like thrift stores and pick up stuff? You know, I have, I will say my wife was actually the savvier one at that when we were dating, she would go to thrift stores and she would find a lot of expensive clothing. Um, this was even before Poshmark was a thing, but she would know these jeans are like, you know, $150 jeans or something. And she'd pick them up, you know, and then she'd sell them. And we do that on eBay as well. So yes, uh, but sh that was really her wheelhouse in, in regards to that. <laughs> You guys ever have competitions between each you know, other? It's never a competition, but you know, she definitely has an idea of different things that sell. For example, one of the more recent ones we we did as a couple was uh, the Dyson Airwrap. This was last Christmas. You know, uh, it's like a hair curling thing. 
uh, she knew this was going to be the hot Christmas gift. So as soon as they came in, in like August, she bought like 10 of them. And then we flipped them all in December, like early December when they were all sold out in stores for the holiday season. That's <laughs> one way to do it. Yeah. But you, you got to have that, you know, it's that insight, right? So it's, it's hard to, you know, everyone's got their own things that they just know about. And that's where I would say focus, right? Yeah. I think that the, this day and age is an amazing time to be a teenager and to be trying to make money because there's so many options online that we didn't have necessarily when we were kids. Um, you know, that the internet doesn't care how old you are if you're selling something. Not necessarily true. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like you can set up a website, sell t-shirts, you know, or jewelry or something. And it doesn't matter that you're 12 years old. Like if you were to go to a job and try and get a job, they'll say, well, you're not old enough to work. And I think you're spot on. I think it's, I think there's two sides to that, right? Is that our teens need to be working. Like without a doubt, they need to get out, get employment because, you know, all the real skills that employers and they care about come from work experience. Um, but on the flip side, I think our state sets some very arbitrary rules about when you can work. I remember, uh, you know, my first real job, right, was working at Target and you had to be 16 and you had to go get a work permit and you had to get your like high school guidance counselor to sign it and your parents to sign it. And it was like ridiculous just to go go work at Target, right? Whereas, you know, I think, the, like you said, the internet has opened a ton of opportunities to, you know, big money on their terms, however they want in so many different ways. So give us some of your top, top ways for high schoolers to make money. Let's talk about it. Well, I think there there needs to be first off before we even jump into the top ways a, a little self reflection on how you want to do it. Are you entrepreneurial or are you like wanting to just go work for something, right? Because I think you know there's a ton of on opportunities that are entrepreneurial. Like we just talked about flipping stuff on eBay, but you have to have this mindset of like running a business, like going out and doing it. Right. But there's also just a ton of ways that you could just start, you know, working. And like I said, you could start just going to your local mall and Target, fast food restaurant, you know, whatever it happens to be and go get a job. You can go work for sports, uh, you know, coaching, babysitting. Uh, there's just so many ways that you can work that work for teenagers. And then of course you can go into that entrepreneurial space, which is, you know, selling stuff, you know, doing services for others. Some of my other ones that I'm seeing a lot of are creating printables, notes, selling things like that um, are becoming very lucrative, especially for those that are creative. Yeah. So, so for, for people that, see the thing I like about you can just hang up a shingle whenever you want and then take it down. Like, like one of my kids, you know, she wanted some money for a trip and I'm like, okay, we'll just post on my, I'll, I'll post on my Facebook for you. She liked to bake. Mm -hmm. I'm making these three things for this week. If you want it, put an order in. Right. And then she got her money and she was done. She's, she's the one that's not real entrepreneurial, but it, you know, it, you're not committing yourself long-term to, man, I've got to go into a job for the next year, right? It's just whenever I need money, I can just throw something up. Hey, anybody need their uh, yard mode? Easy stuff like that. 
Exactly. And so one of the things that we do at the College Investor every year is we run a scholarship and it's called the Side Hustling Student Scholarship. And all we ask is that, you know, young adults send in an essay saying what they've been doing to be entrepreneurial. And we've seen so many amazing ideas. And I think the ones that always stand out to me are the ones that are like the intersection of like what kids are doing and then they've figured out a way to make money on it. So for example, uh, you know, one girl was a singer and she realized that pretty much at every local sporting event, the rodeo, things like that, they always have, uh, you know, they start out singing the national anthem. And so her side hustle was literally being the town national anthem singer. <laughs> and she would go out and she'd charge all these events to, to get them going, right? And it was on her terms. And so I just think, you know, it basically, if there's this, if you have a passion and you're interested in doing something, there's probably an intersection point where you can figure out how to monetize that and, make some money and have a story to tell for it too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you hear it all the time. You're like, you hear people doing something and you're like, they made a business out of that? <laughs> Chicken farmers and crazy stuff like that. Absolutely. And I think the cool thing is, is when you're a teenager, it's it's a great time to uh, experiment, try different things out, see what you like, see what you don't like. Um, you know, you're not necessarily depending on this to live off of, right? You can typically go home at night to your family in your room. Um, and so it's a great time to explore and try different things out. And if you fail, well, hopefully you learned a lesson from it and that's okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you're not going to be homeless if you mess it up and you probably exactly. didn't risk a lot. Like, like, hey, maybe you spent 10 bucks on an item you thought you could flip for more and it didn't work out. You're only out 10 bucks. You're not out like thousands of dollars. Exactly. Like most of these side hustles, you're not opening a storefront and you're not like spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Like you said, you might've lost $10 on a bad flip or you might've bought some supplies and like you didn't make your money back on it, but it's not going to be the end all be all. Yeah. So, so what would you say, what's the first step? Say, say some kids like, I would like to find something to do, but I'm not, maybe I'm not old enough or, uh, I just, you know, I'm not, I don't have the time to go out and get a job where I have to be there every week. What would you say? Well, I definitely wouldn't say that you're not old enough. There is something that you can do at every age level. For example, my son, he's nine right now and he recycles. He basically gets all of our cans and bottles and gets the neighbor's cans and bottles and goes and takes his grandma's cans and bottles and piles them all up on the side of the house. And then, you know, basically every week, every other week, uh, he walks down, you know, down towards, uh, you know, there's a recycle center beside the grocery store down the way. And, you know, he turns it in for money. Money. And, you know, he uses that money to buy Roblox gift cards, but he saves some of it as well. But there's basically no age that's too young. I think for both the teenager and the parent, it's looking around, seeing what they want to do, asking some probing questions and like getting them to open their eyes to all the different potential things that could intersect with what they're already engaging with on a daily basis. Right. Do you think that people just are not as aware of opportunities? Like, like, you know, back in the past, people would 
people tended to be like more scrappy, I guess the word is, and come up with amazing things to, you know, like, do you think people just are so used to just here I am inside my little bubble, like, like they're missing out on opportunities that are all around them? Yes. But like, I also think it goes back to, you know, what people value and how they want to spend their time. Right. So first off, I think we have to have that basic, you know, conversation about personal finances and money. Right. You have your income, you have your expenses and like whatever's left you have to save. But you also have like your values and your time. Um, You know, some people really value the thrift and saving money. And so maybe their idea of saving is really cutting back on those expenses. And I think that's, it's a great starting point, but I think the real bummer that a lot of people don't realize is that saving money is finite. Like you can't save your way to being wealthy. You can't really save your way to these things because you still have to live. You still have to eat. You still have to transport yourself to things. Like you can never get that number down to zero. There will always be a number. You can get it really low, but you can never get it to zero. But on the income side of that equation, the top of your income side is potentially limitless. There, there's no upper cap on that one, right? And so even adding in $100 extra a month or $200 extra a month, that can really be game-changing to your whole entire personal financial life in terms of being able to get out of debt, achieve financial goals, and especially accelerate financial goals by doing it a whole lot earlier than, you know, having to spend your whole life slogging along. Whereas if you were putting away a hundred bucks as a teenager every month, you could really get there faster. So I think it's a value set question, but I also think it's really helped understanding the basics of that too. Yeah, that's good. I remember, um, back in what we considered our poor days when we first got married and we had no money. And it was a matter of like squeezing every dollar so hard. And you're right. It's like, you cannot, there, there's only so low you can go and you can't really, it doesn't matter. You're not going to save, you know, five more cents off of that. You've gotten, you know, you got your grocery budget down to like, I think it, ours was like $200 for our whole family. You got it down low enough that, you know, you could, you could eat, you could eat just beans every day, I guess. But then the quality of your life, do you really want to live like that? Um, but but there is so much more that you can go the other way as an income expansion that we don't talk about. And that's true. Like like you're only really uh, your your limits are what you can come up with with your mind. Absolutely. And you nailed it. I mean, it's everyone's probably going to have a combination of both, right? You got to save, but you should also really look at that earning side of the equation. And I also think it's a lot easier when you're a teenager or a young adult and you maybe don't have kids in a family yet, because, you know, let's be honest that it gets harder and harder to find the time to potentially earn more. Whereas time is kind of your most abundant resource when you're a teenager or a young adult. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to come across as like, you can be everything you want to be kind of person. But, but I, I, I remember back when we were going through all of that, that financial trouble and it was, we were trapped by our mentality for a long time. Like, 
we were to the point where we didn't believe in ourselves and we thought we were trapped. And I feel like a lot of people are in that situation nowadays with the economy. They feel like, man, I'm, I'm just falling further and further and further behind. And, you know, I think one thing that especially kids can do even now is uh, find a way to get yourself around people that are doing big things. Cause that will just blow your mind. Um, a lot of people know that uh, that we just came back from FinCon and like just getting around some of those people and you're and they're like, you're doing what? Right. You know, like I never even thought about doing that kind of stuff. And it just totally like the person I am now is not the person I was back then because I have like decided to hang out with people who will expand what I believe I can do. And you shouldn't ever be the smartest person in the room. Right. Because you need to be in a different room if you are. Right. So as a teenager, like adults love to pour into teenagers. If they're, you know, eager and willing to learn, like even with your side hustles, right, Hudson, you've seen like if you go up to people and say, hey, I'm doing this. You know, if, if an adult were to approach them and say that, they would kind of brush them off. But we see a kid, hey, you're wanting to... Um, do some lawnmower repair. My, well, my lawnmower's messed up. Sure, you can have a look at it, right? Yeah. Whereas if a if if some strange man knocked on my door and said that, I'd be like, oh, I don't think so, right? And I think, I mean, that's and that's great too because I think it really, you know, can open these teenagers up to seeing what's out there. I think a lot of us learn through observation, right? Like it's like the unspoken rule. Like we see what's around us and that's kind of like our mindset and what we kind of view the world as. And if you're not getting exposed to what other people are doing or looking at different side hustles or income opportunities, you don't even know that stuff is like a thing. And I'm still like mind blown even today as an adult. I'm like, you do what? And you're making money that way? That's amazing. Like, but if you don't know it exists, like, how would you even think about it? And so I think that's really what's so important to expose our teens to challenge them to do these different things um, and get them to learn because, you know, whether or not they continue these side hustles as adults, it's going to build them a skill set that's going to be so valuable as an adult. And I'm talking things like being able to communicate with others, being able to problem solve on their own, things like this that like you don't really learn that in school. You don't learn that through formal education. The only way you learn those habits and behaviors is by like going out, trying, doing things, um, potentially failing, maybe hopefully succeeding, right? Yeah, I think it also gives you the confidence boost of, you know, like, oh, wow, I did something. Or, hey, man, I messed up and I failed at this, but I still... Learned something. Learned something, and and you do it in a safe environment where your parents are kind of there to, like, you know, help you work through it. It's better to do that now. The more failures you can rack up as a kid, I feel like the better... <laughs> The, the better adult you're going to be because you're not going to fear failure as much. Well, and yeah, and like, honestly, it's it's better to fail young when the uh, stakes aren't as high. And I mean, they might feel like incredibly high when you're a teenager, like it's life or death or whatnot. But in the big scheme of life, it's they're 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 not it's just stumbling blocks. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it's it's something that. uh we don't encourage as much maybe because a lot of 
parents are not entrepreneurial and they, you know, the kids are so busy these days with sports and schoolwork and you can become so um, consumed with all of that stuff. And while it's, I mean, my kids do sports and I think they're good, but but you can become so consumed with these things that are only going to take up a little bit, a little portion of your life. And you don't get any experience with the stuff that is going to give you skills that's going to last you for, you know, your entire lifetime. Well, and I think you nailed it. And I think that's the microcosm that we see that's hurting the bigger picture is that a lot of families these days, they're going home and they're spending, they're watching Netflix and ordering takeout and, you know, they're doing these things, but that time could have been spent, you know, earning, building things, you know, doing things like that. And not to say that you have to be all or nothing, right? Like, uh, but you know, as you look at how you're spending your time in the afternoons or evenings, like, could you be doing something different? Could you be trying something more productive? And especially for, for teenagers out there, could you be, you know, side hustling? Could you be building skills that are going to help you in the future? Things like that. Yeah. So, so what would be the first steps? So you would find something that interests you, yeah. I mean, and that's it. Like I'm a, I'm a very much like go do it. Right. So, you know, find something that interests you, figure out where you can start selling, earning, doing it, and then, and then go try it. Like start right now. What's, what's stopping you? Uh, you know, whether that's selling on Facebook marketplace, whether that's downloading an app, I'd even say like, if parents want to really help their teens get involved, uh, I met a mom and daughter a little while ago where the daughter wasn't old enough to deliver for DoorDash on her own yet, but she really wanted to. <laughs> and they made it, they made it a mom and daughter thing where like the mom would drive and the daughter would be in the passenger seat and she'd like run into the stores, grab the food, come on out and then do the deliveries and stuff. And they tag team it. And like one, they would earn together, but too, they would also spend all this time together and they talk and share and learn how they were making money. And should mom would help them understand the costs and like, you know, yeah, here's the gas and whatnot. And so, you know, you could do these projects together as well. Um, but the biggest thing is, is like, don't get so hung up in your mind that it has to be perfect or, you know, you have to have this very specific plan, like literally go start, try to sell it, see what happens. If it doesn't happen, iterate or try something different, right? It doesn't have to be so, you know, formalized. Yeah. I think a lot of times we get all up in our head and we feel like it has to be perfect. And so we never take action and you just got to take a step, take a little step. And yeah, it's going it, to, it is not going to work out the way you think it will. <laughs> no, <laughs> I guarantee you. Like your ideal thing in your head is not going to be what happens. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when I've been doing things, I have found like, I think I'm going one way. So I just start walking and then, oh, wow, there's this whole other path that I didn't even know that was there when I started. But it, if I had not taken that step, I would have never found that that other path that's leading me another way. And it ends up being the way I really, really want it to go. But I would have, wouldn't have found it if I hadn't started walking. Yeah, you just got you just got to dive in and go for it.
So I guess our advice to you guys this week is, hey, are you looking for some extra income? Um, don't want to work a regular job or not old enough to work a regular job? You need to get out there and try and just try something and let us know how it goes because we would love to hear back from you. Absolutely. Try anything out there, selling stuff, doing stuff, getting a job. Uh, honestly, like, I don't know, this is like the, you know, the more realist in me, like that employment is more valuable to you. The side hustle, the employment is going to be more valuable than any other sports or things you do. And granted, have fun. You're still young, but really look at it, especially if you're an older teenager, uh, it should be more of a mandatory thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've done a couple podcasts uh, in the past with Jonathan and Renee Harris from Parent Their Passion, where they really, really go into deep depth about how to find your kid's passion and make it something into a career. Um, and they've done some amazing things with their kids. So you guys go back and check some of those out um, if you want uh, some more info on that. This has been so much fun and we got to wrap it up. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, I think, uh, you know, don't think about it too much. Just go out and try something, uh, whatever it is, pull out your phone, get online, go out in the real world, start side hustling. It, you'll only see upside from doing it. All right, Robert, where can people find you? Definitely. You can find me at thecollegeinvestor.com. We also have our podcast, The College Investor Audio Show. And if you're on video, we're on TikTok, YouTube at The College Investor. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Robert. Thanks so much for having me. This has been fun. All right. This has been a great conversation. Hey, friends, if you like our content, we would love it if you would leave us a review and share our podcast with your friends. Have a great week.